Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace. Okay, everybody, welcome to Relationship, the podcast exploring the unique stories of couples blending love and business. Today, we're thrilled to feature Andrew Lay and Dr. Richard Kay. This uh, dynamic couple has seamlessly intertwined their talents from Angela's acclaimed children's series, The Bella Santini Chronicles, to Richard's expertise as a business growth strategist. Welcome it's to Relive. Nice to have both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Let, let her roll, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we always obviously start the podcast in kind of uh, introducing you all to the audience, but what because it's relationship, um, can you please just tell everybody how you guys met, what, you know, the the moment that you guys decided to just, you know, work together or collaborate on your children's series books. And, um, and then we're going to dive right into all of the different uh, nitty gritty trials and tribulations of your journey thus far. Okay. So I was facilitating a breakout room on an international business growth conference. And I was encouraged to attend this um, networking event and ended up in his breakout room. He started the breakout room by saying that he had a conversation with his son the night before where they abandoned their roles of father-son and had a soul to soul conversation, which, yeah, and that touched my heart. And so I made an appointment with him just to talk about business. And she didn't know it was funny business, but that's. Um, <laughs> I did have my, I was single at the time, and I had my list of the perfect man, which would be someone who was kind, generous, and loving, but also had business acumen who could really help me to establish my business and and bring it to the world. And just as an aside, uh, Angela was living in the UK at the time. I live in Taos, New Mexico. And uh, two months later, she moved in. (laughs) No kidding. What? So I need I need to know. <laughs> you can't skip this part. That was like a yada yada yada, and she moved in two yeah. months later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, well he he says that. <laughs> it's like you it's, gotta it's, tell me the yada 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 that we all yeah. know. like t- what does it first of all give us a time frame, like how long ago was this that you guys met and got together? About two years, two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. it was um September of 2021, I think, when we met in the breakout room. And we became instant friends, Um, lots of phone calls, you know, WhatsApp between Cheltenham, England and Taos, New Mexico. And it just became a relationship 
actually, before I moved back to the U.S. So I knew she was coming back to the U.S. Her time in the U.K. was done. She was stopping in Denver on her way to Phoenix. (laughs) And uh, I called her. I I, I called her. And she says, oh, first words out of her mouth are, I just missed my flight. Right. I was. It was the day before Thanksgiving. I was supposed to go to Tempe, and my son was going to meet me for Thanksgiving in Tempe, and I was stuck in Denver. So she said, I just missed my flight. I said, I'll pick you up. Well, fuck. It's five hours from where I live to the Denver airport. So he was the knight in shining armor who rescued me from my... Well played. Wow. Yeah. Well, my that my mind after I hung up said, what the fuck did you just do? I mean, it's kind of a long trip. And then the next day I drove into the Albuquerque airport, which is because another five hour round trip. trip. Yeah. So one thing led to another. And then I kidnapped her and she moved in. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> but so at the time that you guys were talking during this air you know, flight cancellation fiasco. Did you, Angela, know that Richard had feelings for you? Or were you guys oh, yeah. we in the way you guys were talking? No, we had already progressed to the, you know, I know that you're the man for me. And he knew that I was the woman for him. And so, <laughs> but it was quite the surprise for him to say, I'll come get you. And it's like, as Whoa. much for me too. <laughs> so now you know I, I love that story, story though. It's almost like it was faded, you know, that your oh, flight had canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. It was a challenge to crash the whole airport computer system to arrange it. <laughs> right. So you know. Let me tell right. You. Because you know, I'm a capable woman and I was late for my flight, but I get to the airport desk and they say, Well, all our computers are down, we can't put you on another flight and I was like oh my gosh what do I do and then my phone rings and he says I'll come get you (laughs) what a priceless story I love that but I'm not going to let it go Richard I I want to now take it even a step back what did and you don't have to if it's if it's you know very very private and personal but what was the heart to heart soul conversation that you had with your son like what and oh. and why did you do that? Why did you want to abandon? And this is, you know, and this is a good question to segue into, Angela, you know, the point behind all of, you know, the books that you write um, yeah. about emotional intelligence, about, you know, all the different things that we feel as human beings that we might go through and, and really how should we come out of either conflict, bullying or whatever. But Richard, I, what made you, what was the impetus for that abandonment of the, you know, relationship roles and just really connecting on that soulful level? So I'm going to shift the conversation and no pun intended, abandon the word abandonment. And I'm going to, because I'm going to say your other words were shifted. My son was living with his mother in San Diego. She died. Drama behind. Trust me, it's all good. With all the drama excluded, he called me up, said, Dad, I'm going to come out to Taos. I said, great, we'll find you a place to live. He said, no, I'm going to move in with you. I said, what? 
35 or 36. So, um, sure. so he moved in and we immediately fell into the historical dad son relationship, which wasn't working. So I said, okay, how do we shift this? So I said, let's have a soul to soul conversation instead of father son. And he embraced that. Mm-hmm. And that was the shift. And as a matter of fact, he's, uh, we were estranged for a while for whatever reasons. And now I mean, he's even coming over in a couple of hours to go for a walk and have dinner. We only saw each other yesterday. So things have shifted. And with this woman, it's the first time I've been divorced a few times. It's the first time that he feels like he has a family. Uh, other ladies have said, no, you know, he's, he's your kid. Well, Angel embraces him, and I acknowledge her very often for being open and spacious and knowing that there's plenty of room. So, Plus, I would say that as parents, we don't realize that when we stay in the role of parent, we are actually cutting off communication because frequently children will place a parent on a pedestal. They're perfect. They know they are, you know, look, they're a lawyer. They know how to do this stuff and they're perfect. And child, he's quite oppositional, I should like to say contrarian. So <laughs> well, he may secretly he may secretly look up to us, but it doesn't present itself as such right now at age and, twelve. And, and when and- they're yeah, the, <laughs> the oppositional thing. They they're just close to hearing things from you. (laughs) And so when you can step out of the role of parent and say, look, I want to connect to you heart to heart and I want to hear what's going on with you, then the child feels heard and feels like, okay, this is someone, it's a safe zone. I can talk to this person. And this is, is it as simple as, as just saying the words? Is it like when you, oh, Richard, and your no, son sat down, no, no. like how easy was the shift? Like what, you know, and this is important, not only for, for you two as father and son, but I think that this is, and I really want to talk about this because I think it's so powerful and useful for, for all types of relationship. I mean, since we're talking about relationship, this is really, really important. And I don't, you know, because the impression that I got was it was a one-time conversation. It was, all right, let's, you know, do the shift and let's have the conversation. But what did that really entail? You know, it's an outstanding question. And I'll tell you why, Candace. It's so far beyond the words. You're in a business where words matter. You know, people say things. And I was married to an attorney. So, you know, and I call myself a paralegal. Para means next to. I used to sleep next to her. So, you know, but that, that's another stuff. In your business, you have to go beneath the words. What is your soul? What is your heart saying? So in the father-son relationship, it was... Yeah, it's not that I was up on a pedestal. It was I had the last word because I had the knowledge experience. Well, that worked when he was five years old. doesn't work when he's in his late 30s. So I now approach him as a peer, as someone that we could have. Um, when I say intimate, I don't mean sexually intimate, but real core relationships, uh, conversations rather. And that's still where we are. We'll go out for walks often during the week. And he just, sometimes I feel like I'm playing this therapist, but because he will unravel what's going on with him. 
that's what a soul to soul, heart to heart conversation is about. Be authentic, no judgment, whether it's, you know, uh, an intimate relationship. And we have the same kind of relationship. There's no judgment. Mm -hmm. It's listening and being present to what's going on and what's being said. Does that answer that question? Yeah, that 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 totally did. And I appreciate that because, you know, you got my like mind cranking as yeah. to, you know, because I'm always that person that I want to learn all the lessons in life earlier than <laughs> later. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. always like I, I love actually you know, talking to people in such deep ways, which in Miami can be challenging sometimes <laughs> to have those deep conversations because I'm, I, I, so I, I'm that person that's like, okay, I don't want to learn that lesson when I'm, you know, in my fifties or sixties or whatever it is, I want to learn it now. So, you know, how do you foster that than to have really deep conversations with people to like you to use your word to really look into their soul and to see what the life experiences are, which is part of relationship because one of the things that you'll hear us ask you at the end of the podcast, which is what we ask all of our guests is, all right, so as we sit here, and of course we'll circle back, you know, what is the biggest life lesson either in business or personal life or both that you have, you know, really learned thus far. Um, so we'll talk about that later, but you know, so this is, this is, I love the fact that you are so deep and soulful. So let's, I want to take the shift cause we've, you know, focused on Richard a little bit. Now, Angela, <laughs> yeah. tell me about what uh, led you to want to write um, about the topics that you do write about in your children's series. And then, of course, I want to talk in how Richard um, collaborates with you in this venture of yours. Um, yeah. So if you can share that, that would be great. Hey, so I, like many people, I had a traumatic childhood. Um, my house burned down when I was five. I had an alcoholic father who was abusive. And the life lessons that a child will typically walk away with is things like, I'm not worth anything. I don't matter. I'm, you know, when my house burned down, we were, the children were sent off to relatives, except I went to a family friend that I didn't know. And so I, I walked away like, I don't matter. No one loves me. I don't, I'm not lovable. <laughs> and so those ideas that get into the head of children, this is my fault, you know, the, the, with divorce, often the child will feel it's their fault. And if only they were better, that they wouldn't cause this rift between their parents. And what I learned, so I ended up marrying an abusive man, an emotionally abusive man, but that was only because he had been injured as a child. So there were all these life lessons from being bullied for the first 54 years of my life about the traumatic background of bullies and how they get to that point where they're choosing to hurt someone and all of these things just kind of ended up in my children's books. And it's not like they're how-to books, but through the power of 
stories, kids can learn these different ways of looking at things. I'm curious when it doesn't seem like it's not like you're telling me, you know, you had a prior career, either teaching (laughs) kids or, you know, being a a child psychologist. When you as an adult are now writing these children's books, how do you talk or figure out the right language Mm. the right words that's going to connect the right voice do you know what i mean the right voice like how Mm. how do you go about figuring that out is that where richard steps in or like how how does it all come together because i know that if i were to write a book it would sound a little too legalese because it's so hard for me to now take that i guess vernacular and now switch gears to then talk to people as, you know, as if like, you know, you always hear people say at a sixth grade level, like right in a way where, you know, the masses can pretty much understand. You, you, you'd be a better textbook writer. I you know, like for, 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 you know. <laughs> we all have our gifts, right? Um, curious, how, how did you figure out the voice? I didn't. The, the books were really channeled through me from the angelic realm. And... I am, like Richard, I am very connected to my soul. And, you know, my soul is part of an angelic family of very connected (laughs) souls. And so I didn't realize that I was channeling when I, you know, I would, I would sit down and, and write whatever popped into my head, and I would just write it. Later on, when editing the books, so, you know, someone would ask me a question about what I had written, I would reread what, and I was like, oh my God, where did that come from? But I had no idea at the time that it was actually channeled. The the books take things that you can listen to Bruce Lipton, or you can listen to Joe Dispenza, and you're going to learn some of the perspective shifts that are written in a way an eight-year-old can observe it in my books. So at this point, you think she's either freaking crazy or you say, wow, because <laughs> there's no original thoughts. Everything's already out there in the universe. And it's just connecting and plugging in. You know, when you're writing, I, I don't know whether you do trial or criminal, what, you know, or business, whatever you do, where does this stuff come from? Yeah, you learned it back in school, but where does it really come from? There's a collective consciousness that we both acknowledge that we plug into. And Got it. Yeah. And then later, oh, Sorry. I, later I was reading the work of Alice Miller, who is a psychologist who did longitudinal studies of traumatized children and how the repression of emotions leads to disease it leads to emotional conflict it leads to emotional issues and the observation of my father whose father had rejected him as too sensitive which in 1925 you know wasn't an okay thing (laughs) and so my father chose alcohol to numb that feeling of Mm. not being enough and his behavior 
caused him to not be a good enough father when he was drunk. So it just prolonged those feelings. And somehow I it was brought into my awareness that the repression of feelings is really part of all the world's ills. <laughs> so if we could just teach kids how to face those feelings, then oh my gosh, yeah, we can changed. avoid a lot of problems. Well, in, along the same vein uh, of what you were just talking about, it's um, how I discovered that my son and I are both highly sensitive people. Oh, I don't know if you've gosh. read Elaine Annon's book, The Highly Sensitive <laughs> Child and The Highly Sensitive Person. I'm a highly sensitive and person. And so we, you know, I celebrate it and I tell my son that, you know, that's a special gift that you and mommy both have. It's a, it's a superpower. It really, it really is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm tr- trust me, I, we've fucked up enough along the way so far <laughs> that like if I could at least, that was one thing I know I did right based upon you what you're telling me right now. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I love that you just said that. And I just wish that, you know, these books and, and the, the thought process and these wonderful psychologists that bring out these theories of, you know, who people are and, and the superpowers, as I say, that they have existed back in the day so that oh boy. your father could have benefited from it. And as a result of that, you could have benefited from having a healthier, you know, situation with your father. Um, oh. What does it. So, Richard, can you tell me what is it that you do with Angela in this in this series? Well, I'm glad you qualified the last part of the question. Yeah. We do publicity. It'll be a much longer podcast <laughs> if I didn't qualify it. Well, let's start off with the fact that you're my editor. Well, yes, and that, that's part of it. That's uh, my figure. Yeah. After Angela's, reading the bio. Yeah, Angela spent over $200,000 uh, to publishers trying to get her books some message out to the world, and she got nothing. Yeah. You know, you know the history, how she came to work with us. And I've been in the business growth space for over two decades. When I shut my chiropractic practice, um, it was a download. Uh, I was told, shut your business and work with entrepreneurs. And there's details that are unimportant. I worked with an organization named CEO Space. I was a vice president and traveled the world helping entrepreneurs. A couple of years ago, the founder died. Uh, a now dear friend of mine, David Fagan, with Top Talent Agency, said, hey, why don't you guy? He flew us out to Phoenix. And he said, I'd like to work and have you work with us. We get pe- people publicity. Yes, from editing a book to layout to design. And editing is more than commas and punctuation. It's uh, the flow, continuity. Does this sentence belong here or here? We make it visually pleasing. We design the covers. And we guarantee, number one, in multiple categories on Amazon, we guarantee articles in Los Angeles Tribune, Los Angeles Tribune Magazine, Top Talent Magazine. USA Today. Guarantee articles in USA Today. Uh, uh, Angela is now a columnist for the Los Angeles Tribune. This is what we do for people. What does that do, not just for Angela, but for anybody? It gets you visible. I don't know how you guys grow your practice, but you want people talking about you and say, I choose you. Right. That's what happens. That's what we do. 
when I started my chiropractic practice, Candace, I was one of 300 chiropractors in San Diego. How the fuck do you start or grow any business? Right. Reader's Digest version. I got uh, on a morning television talk show for about a year. I got an article in the San Diego Tribune, the Los Angeles Times. And here's the key. I get a phone call from a producer of the local evening news, ABC Network. Who are you? We're hearing about you. We're seeing you. Well, now I got a 630 news segment. Get a similar phone call from PBS. Same thing. Now I got a PBS special. That's what we do for our clients. We get them the publicity. So someone says, Angel, I've heard about your books. Can you come and be a faculty member at University of New Mexico? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. We grow people, and the fastest way to grow a person is to help them grow their business. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's actually a good moment to say, Angela, where can we find the books? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The books are available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com. They're not yet in bookstores, but we hope that that happens very soon. <laughs> and um, and the website is? My website. Yes, the website <laughs> is? Yes, Angela Lee, L-E-G-H dot com. A-N-G-E-L-A-L-E-G-H dot com. Thank you. <laughs> and then, Richard, you, for your for your business, where can we find you? Two very, very easy ways. Top T Agency, toptagency.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have a conversation, it's very simple. Talkaboutpublicity.com. Talkaboutpublicity.com. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. It'll take you right to my calendar. Set up a call. And if we can do half of what we've done for Angela, for you, your business and you will grow more than you can imagine. Yeah. I love that. And and it's funny that we're having this conversation now because Justin and I, you know, we built a pretty successful law firm without having a website, marketing or doing anything. I actually used to turn down speaking engagements and I used to talk about limiting beliefs, right? I mean, how screwed up was, you know, my prior <laughs> self. But I always thought that because I knew that I was so good at what I did by the opinion of my opponents, which is really, to me, one of the best, uh, you know, the best compliments. I just thought, you know what, the people that don't do or that, you know, are good at the doing, they need to market themselves because somehow people are just going to know about me through osmosis. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't until the pandemic that, you know, like everybody else had all these different epiphanies and, you know, shifts in, in their in their mindset that I finally said to Justin, let's actually start to market. So we've only market. We've only been marketing and advertising ourselves for the last two, two years. years. Like, you know, our website got created two years ago um, <laughs> and we've seen an exponential growth just from that. And I, and I sit here and I just, you know, I want to just knock myself over the head time and time and again, because I feel like we wasted 10 years because we've been partners now for 12 years. They've been partners for 10. Oh, for 10. Okay. Yeah. Forget it. Scratch <laughs> that. We've been partners for 10. Well, we've been actually 11 years, seven. 11 years. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but so I feel like for the first, we wasted what nine years. 
I would say. Uh, well, and nothing's a waste. That's my Everything own. is a learning process. Right. And you are exactly where you need to be right now. Right. That's, that's, you know, I am looking at it that way, but I am also, I've got one foot in one, you know, pond and, and, and the other foot still <laughs> trying to kick myself. But so We're I'm, I'm all really... in transition is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to echo, we all have judgment most harshly on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And years ago, someone wrote a book, I don't remember his name, but the essence of it was the past is history. The future is mystery. All there is is now, and that's why it's called the present. Yeah. And we can beat up on ourselves for the shit we didn't know. Right. Or we can lay a path into the future of where we choose to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, we, the, 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 we can use our pains from the past as an anchor right. to hold right. us down, or we can use that pain as fuel to propel us forward. Where'd you get that from? I love that you just said that, and I might steal that because I'm speaking at a conference in Nashville in October. And so I thought that was super, super awesome, what you just said. So, yeah, yeah, that came out. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal parts of that from you and recycle it. it But I love that. I I really love that. You don't even need an attribute. Just use it. That came out of a wildfire that happened in 2017 this would be the second home that i lost to fire but this one was my house and and i noticed that the people you know in northern california the in 2017 the tubs wildfire destroyed 5,000 homes and people were either being anchored to trying to recreate exactly what they had and and be back to where they were and then there was another group who were, okay, what do I do now? Where do I go? What what can I create out of this? Right. And so, yeah, it's either the anchor or the springboard. Yeah. It's it's really just that simple, you know. It's like it's yeah, it, it really is. Um. So I'm I'm trying to be mindful of time, and we've got five minutes, so I'm not letting you go until <laughs> you guys answer the million dollar question as that we told you about before. So as we all sit here today, and I want to hear from both of you, what has been the most important life and or business lesson takeaway that you you both have have really received thus far? So for me, it's more about life lessons. And I think the biggest one that I learned was that hurt people hurt people. And we've all heard that. Yes. We take it to heart Mm -hmm. and have compassion for the people that are creating harm in this world. We're not going to affect a change. Yeah. Well said. I would agree. I use that. I actually use that all the time. Hurt people. People Hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the greatest lessons for me is, and this is a quote from the Talmud. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on in someone else's life. And what I do many, many times when I become aware is I don't see, I don't see you as a person. I see your soul. And that goes back to my son. I didn't see him as my five-year-old or my 35-year-old son. 
I saw him as a soul. How do we interact with that? Right. And I have a T-shirt. I know where the conversation was going to go. I might have even worn it. It says, this is only my body suit. <laughs> okay. It is. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are we? Where, where do we right. play? So it's not playing at a different or better vibration. It's separating from the cultural field because that can be pretty powerful. It, yes. And, and diving into And it actually does heart. so much more harm. Yes. Then good. It does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, no matter which side is not a conversation, but no matter which side you're on of this COVID crap, you know, it polarized people. What if you yeah. just let people be, do whatever they want to do? Right, right. How much you know, like the war in Russia? Just let people be. Right. That's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, we can go on. Well, I, I, well, I was just going to say, I would love to have you guys back because I could, you know, have this conversation and 15 other conversations and extend. So we will be circling back to ask you to come back because I really enjoyed having this conversation. And I don't say that to all of our guests. Just let's oh, be clear. No, let's let's be very don't. clear about that. Definitely don't. So it's been, you know, a real treat. But as we told you, we have to jump off because we do have to yeah. start another podcast soon. But um, I Thank, Thank you, you so much One question. for your time today. How, yes. old, how old is your son? He's 12. 12. Oh, perfect. <laughs> we'll send you a book. Awesome. Perfect, I love perfect, that. Perfect, perfect I love age. that. Perfect Thank age. you. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real, and practical insights from Relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to CernitzLaw.com, call 888-68-DAMAGE, or email us at cshanbraun at CernitzLaw.com or jcernitz at CernitzLaw.com. <laughs>